Hello, dear listener. Thank you for downloading, streaming, listening to Spooky Doings Podcast. My name is Rick Guzman. I'm an improv comedian from New York, presently trying to keep my feet warm because it's cold as fuck. I hate the winter. Moving on. <laughs> Joining me today is the lady behind the beeps, the boops, the buttons, and the bobs. She's the Alabama enforcer herself. She's Chelsea Bennington. Hello, Chelsea. Hello, and happy 2022. Punch you in the face. There's no evidence to support that this year will be happy in any way, shape, or form. I'm manifesting. Save your arcane magics. (laughs) For a moment that we're not recording, we don't need the microphone. Picking up uh, the bubbling of whatever's boiling within your cauldron Uh and, and the chanting. The yeah. chanting, it, it, it could interfere. It could interfere <laughs> with the recording. We don't need that. That's fair. I do like the conical hat, though. Oh, of course. I mean, without a hat. Spells don't work without the hat. How are you doing? Just staying warm? Uh, just staying warm. We're attempting to stay warm, trying to watch movies, uh, staying inside as Rona numbers increase. Uh, which I find is easier to do in the winter anyway. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, it, it, there's not much difference between staying home and watching movies in the winter than you do when you stay home and watch movies in the summer because folks are diseased. But we figure it out as we go along. Uh, speaking of staying in, uh, that's the topic today uh, regarding the films we're going to discuss. Uh because as, as streaming services increase and, and things go to streaming, it's like, oh, I wanted to watch that one. And I wasn't willing to risk my ass in the theater to see it. And then I found out you have a strong opinion about these films. And I thought, well, let's keep it to yourself until we're on microphone. Uh, from those that saw the description, we're, we're going to talk about the Quiet Place films. hate those movies. <laughs> I knew you had a strong opinion. I didn't know hatred was a part of it. Uh, so, I don't hate it, is it, too strong of a word. It's they're not poorly made films. Um, I figured, and let me know if you agree with this, we could go into the the summary of the films, how you usually break them down, and then we can go into my opinions. Sure. First one came out in 2018 uh, directed by John Krasinski who plays the Pappy in this movie and saw it in the theaters and what I liked about it was much like Unfriended which I thought was going to be stupid and then ended up being pretty fucking clever is he made a film that prohibits the audience uh, when they're not watching in the theater from fucking around and being distracted on your phone. You need to watch what's going on. You got some big aliens that kind of look like the Carnage symbiote from Marvel Comics, uh, but they can't see. They do everything by sound. So sound triggers them, uh, then they come, and they kind of kill you. I don't remember seeing any of the aliens eat you. They just seem like uh, armored, toothy death machines that are very pokey. So we've got the, the post-apocalyptic nature of the film, people scavenging. And I like that in the preview, they show you that one of the dumb, dumb kids gets got immediately. 
Um, and I like that because it lets you know that the stakes are a little different from others. No, most of the time, kids don't get killed in horror movies. So it, 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 the stakes feel a little bit safer. So this lets you know where you're at. Uh, I remember I saw it in the theaters uh, when it came out. Did you get to see it or did you wait for home? I waited for home. I wasn't interested enough um, in All seeing right. it in theaters. Any particular reason? Sorry? Any particular reason? Um, no, I think in 20, it came out in 2018. I was, yeah, no, you, I just, I was like, you oh, had shit to do. I had shit to do. Yeah, I don't know. It didn't, um, I thought it looked interesting. I was automatically annoyed about um a pregnant woman giving birth in a place where you need to be silent which I'll I'll get into later so I was already a little like well we know how this is gonna go like it just didn't feel like it was gonna be a groundbreaking film which is fine not every film needs to be but I just Mm -hmm. wasn't like oh I need to see this in theaters that makes sense it's it's not a groundbreaking film but it was successful enough that uh, studios went oh we need more of that because it made us money <laughs> so so Paranat Mountain made it seem more groundbreaking than it is it is cool that they got a, a hearing impaired actress Millicent mm-hmm. Simmons to play Reagan oh, yeah. uh, a hearing impaired character so that that's cool in and of itself uh, but our brothers in these in these films fucking useless uh And I like, you know, incorporating sign language gives these characters a slight edge in this predicament that they find themselves in. Uh, Regarding uh, the mom getting pregnant, and I have to look this up, Emily Blunt, because I frequently confuse her with Olivia Wilde. Uh, I believe that in Hollywood, there's a factory that sometimes just cranks out Caucasian actors that I feel are actually the same person <laughs> that they're either mass produced or it's the same person double dipping to get you know more SAG benefits and another paycheck but that that's an episode Heresy. for another wow. day that's an episode for another day um but this character much like people during the pandemic and I have friends of mine uh close friends some improv acquaintances that have made people during this pandemic and I can't help but feeling, the fuck's the matter with you? No, no, don't, this this is a situation that does not need more humans in the equation. So I get it, you know, you lost the kid, he was only four, so you couldn't have been too attached. And you just make another one. No, no, no. No, that's not the that's not the the smart response to this situation you find yourself in, especially when you're shoeless, uh, like a certain podcast co-host that I know. <laughs> yeah, I yeah. um, I yeah, so I I mostly agree with that. I watched the first one, and I I did a lot of um a lot of reading the past couple of days of some essays surrounding uh, the movie and its themes uh, for the first one, not really the second one. 
Um, Are we getting into your opinion? We're just getting into it. We're just getting right. there. I don't want to hear any more about the plot of this movie. I get it. Anyway, um, <laughs> and so I can only assume anyone who's listening has seen it or at least knows about it. Um, it's in the title. They have to be quiet. They have to be in quiet. the place. <laughs> and um, I think it's very, uh, you know, I. It's a very interesting um, premise. Uh, I applaud John, John Krasinski for, for even doing it and for writing it and for making it. It's, you know, especially um, when it's your first real experience that I know of into the horror genre. Um, and you really just wanted to embrace that community, which, which I appreciate. Um, I think... The plot is just incredibly predictable. I I think it's interesting. The older I get and the more I watch these um, survivalist type of films or TV shows, even like The Walking Dead, as morbid as this sounds, I'm like, why are you guys trying so hard? Why do you want to live? This sucks. <laughs> like this world just sucks. And I know what you're going to say, not you, but the listeners. But Chelsea, there wouldn't be a TV show or a movie if they just wanted to die. I'm aware. It's not my point. You could still make it interesting. <laughs> um, but to bring a child into that world, because, you know, my niece is a pandemic baby and I eventually want to have children as well. So I'm not bashing anyone who wants to have children, but you already have kids, um, I, and I'm talking about the couple in a quiet place now, Lee and Evelyn, I think is her name. Um, yes, you lost one due to your own stupidity because who lets a child leave the store last? First of all, it's done everywhere where you have the strongest in the back and the front and the weakest in the center. You're going to let this four-year-old just a little trot out and um, it's just so stupid like his death I was like you know what I hope the parents are blaming themselves because it is their fault um so you are already having enough trouble as it is watching your three children you lose one in a horrific manner maybe focus on the two kids you have especially one who is hearing impaired in this world and of course in post-apocalyptic you know um universes or settings I imagine birth control is not terribly easy to come about uh and then I'm sure safe abortions are even more difficult to handle so maybe there wasn't much of a of a choice when it came to having that baby but I didn't like it because I just thought, okay, this isn't about procreation. We're not even at that place now, this world, like you're really just trying to survive. And two, you have two children already. I would have liked a story about um, y'all just trying to survive and take care of the two kids you have left because you already lost one in such a horrific way. I don't need the stakes to be even higher. The stakes are pretty damn high when you're not allowed to make any noise. <laughs> like, I don't think having that whole, you know, you know what it's coming to, you know, her water is going to break and you know, the tent scene of is going to be her trying to give birth while being quiet. It's, 
incredibly predictable I think probably meant to be predictable that's probably what they were banking on in the trailers and everything was this intense scene but I just I just didn't care I found it incredibly incredibly selfish I hate that so many people if you look it up there's so many like catholic websites and blogs and media that thinks this is the ultimate pro-life movie and when john krasinski was asked about it he was like oh wow never thought of that and i have i have feelings john krasinski is more conservative than he lets on maybe close to chris pratt in a way so maybe he did think of that not not gonna go there without you know any real proof but I just think it's a weird pro-life-ish movie where the whole peril with the woman is her needing to give birth when I would rather her have to take care of herself and the kids that she has um and it's it leaves that message of why live unless you're unless you have a family and unless you're giving birth what is your purpose what are you doing take care of the kids that you have already who wants to procreate and add children to this world what kind of life is your baby gonna live this is why i hated Lori in the walking dead this is why i hate <laughs> um evelyn in this movie is why are you bringing a baby into this world other than some really weird regressive views so that is my take on A Quiet Place Part 1. I don't like it. I think it's stupid how they handled a lot of the things. And I just, as someone who does, you know, I like kids fine, but, you know, I love my niece and nephew. And like I said, I would love to have kids of my own. Well, maybe one, to be honest. I don't think I want multiple, but this is just... It was not a plot point that was needed, and I hate that it sparked so much unnecessary pro-life conversation. Uh, the, the, thank you, Tons. Yeah, and Tons to agrees. Here. <laughs> um, first of all, I don't think you're wrong in anything you said, but let's deal with uh, the the. The, the sonic meowing. Um, you have argued that you have birthed your own cat, which I don't feel is correct. So I think that's the only You weren't part. there. I so was you not really there. can't say no. Mm -hmm. I'm just saying. Um, I know your natural hair color and it is not ginger like the cat. So I'm going to say no. No, that didn't happen. Um, I didn't detect the, the pro-life stance, but I could see it. I could see it. I think it's hilarious because when I went to Catholic school many years ago, right about the time of uh, reconstruction after the Civil War, um, the Catholic school I went to was very much against me enjoying horror films. Um, they, they claimed they were of the devil. So to see, or to find out that, that Holy Mother Church somewhat endorses this film is a very odd and uh, dare I say, uh, hypocritical uh, change funny. of stance from from what i'm used to with the church <laughs> um regarding Lori from walking dead and some other people that that i know if you're pregnant when the shit hits the fan 
uh, that's okay. You weren't planning on it. But when you knowingly make a person, you dumb. Oh, uh, was, was Lori pregnant beforehand? I haven't at least watched that the, show in like 10 years. Definitely in the comic book. I don't remember in the TV show. But definitely, like, she was not showing yet, but she was pregnant at the time of the zombie outbreak. So I ain't going to be mad at you at that. You didn't, you didn't know uh, zombies were going to come out while you were getting your fuck on. Uh, while you're getting your fuck on, there are numerous ways uh, to avoid procreation. Uh, in, in the words of Prince, uh, in the wonderful song, If I Was Your Girlfriend, uh, we don't have to make children to make love, and we don't have to make love to have an orgasm. There you go, everybody. <laughs> Learn Learn from Prince, who loved Jesus quite a bit as well. <laughs> uh, I did like the tension of the movie. I feel that was successful while also being pretty predictable. But I think what supports your theory of this being a pro-life film is that it sticks with what I see in the behavior and rhetoric of a lot of pro-lifers and that you already have those older kids. You don't have to take care of them when they're in the grain silo being attacked by an alien. You've already done your part. Your main focus is the baby that you're freshly squeezing out in the bathtub at this moment. So you may be 100% correct in yeah. your opinion. I just think it's, you know, it, it's selfish and it's an I understand marketing wise and for a way to raise the stakes even higher. <clears throat> Excuse me. Sorry. Still fighting a cold, everybody. Um, I understand. I just think it would have been a much more interesting movie if they had to deal with the actual grief of losing their son um, and the older kids uh, because um, Reagan, I believe is her name, blames mm -hmm. herself and doesn't really get closure until the very end of the movie when her dad finally says he loves her. Um, and it's, it's kind of sad. And I think it's just so interesting when I was finding those Catholic blogs that were saying, you know, Hollywood unintentionally made like the most effective pro-life message ever. I'm like, uh-uh, this makes me not want kids. I don't know why y'all think um, this is making anybody want them. But uh, especially in a world where, again, she really may not have had a choice. Um, there may not have been a way, likely not a way to do a safe abortion. Um, and I, you know, a condom could have broke, you know, something like that. But I also hate the idea of you know, when you lose a kid, you have another kind of right away. I feel like there's just, especially when you already have kids, I think there's something you need to reflect on there and take care of, you know, the children you have. Uh, so yeah, I just think it could have been a much more interesting movie. I don't, I remember before I was like, this is such, you know, pro-life propaganda. And the more I think about it, I don't, necessarily have that viewpoint anymore but i do think it's plain and regressive and and how it i'm getting hit in the face by my cat oh my god um this is why i can't see you as a mom i know <laughs> i envision Fair. you looking at an infant and going 
the fuck, kid? I'm literally gonna <laughs> just hand it to somebody and be like, give it to me when it starts being interesting. Um <laughs> Because that's what I do with my what I did with my nephew, and that's what I did with my niece. I'm like, all right, I'm done holding this. Give it to me when it's doing something. Um, but it's not an uninteresting blob in a blanket. That's when it's my time to shine. <laughs> and um, yeah, and so <laughs> yeah, I, you 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 relegated yourself to cool aunt. That's that's it. And, and well, I, I know love, as we, I know his weirdo uncle. I think that's why I love the idea of adopting because um, more than having like biological children, uh, because one, there's so many kids that need to be adopted. And two, I could, you know, adopt older kids that don't necessarily um, get the chances they deserve. So that's a whole other thing. But um, and another thing about this movie, Tonks is being absolutely ridiculous. You're right. I don't know if I could deal with an infant. But the other thing, <laughs> the other thing about this movie, when I was reading a couple of other articles, there was a great one, and I want to, I want to give her credit because she did a really good job. Her name is Sarah Lynn Meikner or Meikner, and she wrote this years ago when the first movie came out, and it's called uh, "The Irony That Conservatives Think a Horror Film Is Pro-Life Reminds Us How Little They Value Life." Um, uh, and how well said I, yeah right it's a uh, I, I don't even know if <laughs> you just read that title and you're like oh yeah um but she did a great job talking about um you know how even though they tout it as like a pro-life movie it again it just shows how what kind of life is that baby gonna live because it's just gonna be on an oxygen tank its first you know few years so that it doesn't cry and um different things like that and I think another thing about this movie is it almost feels, and I get it, people are going to say, well, that's what made it a movie. It wouldn't be a movie. Shut up. I'm the one with the mic. I don't want to hear that. What I'm going to say is it would have been interesting to focus on other families and other survivors. I know part two does that um, while killing off like one of the only people of color um in the movie uh spoiler um but you know it's this like definitely upper middle class white privileged family and how they're surviving this and um all of the tricks they already have up their sleeve I don't know it, it just would have been much more interesting to see someone who you know, may, may be alone in the world. Maybe they only have themselves or a bigger family or yeah, I don't know. It's just, it kind of, they're kind of like the picture perfect family to focus on. Does that make sense? I could see them being very similar to those stick figure families that are on the back of station wagons or SUVs. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense to me. Yeah. Which again, it makes it a movie. I get it. I'm just challenging that it could be much more interesting. <laughs> and you were right. You so for I was about to say for people who can't see this, literally none of you can see this except for uh, me and Rick. When I said a quiet place part two focuses a little bit on other families, Rick gave you know that that motion of a little bit that index little. finger and thumb yeah. being very close together and yes. you're very right like it's it's 
very yeah and <laughs> not not really much but um yeah I just after I watched The Quiet Place I was like all right I'm good this was a movie yeah I didn't walk out of it uh thrilled I was happy for its success because uh, a successful horror film uh with a big studio means there will be more horror films from big studios and while I love you know our, our low budget horror you know we can get to a bigger audience that gets people into more horror I'm all for that so uh you know after the end of the film where where Reagan discovers that causing feedback uh with her hearing aid uh through some degree of amplification hurts these aliens so that their natural armor plating opens up and then you can either stab or shoot the meaty portions of their anatomy okay cool uh that that's good but uh i walked out of there like oh, that was all right groovy and then a sequel was announced and i thought well i'll get around to it uh which brings us to a quiet place too which was in the theaters and then i thought I'm, I'm, I'm not risking my health or the health of anyone around me for this. Uh, definitely during the course of the pandemic, you have to take a risk benefit analysis because there are theaters that, you know, have their safety protocols and they're checking uh, vaccine uh, uh, certification and they're enforcing masks. And then there are other theaters where it's the wild fucking West and go in there and do whatever the fuck you want. Uh, you know which kind of theater I go to, but I'm like, yeah. So with a, a little purchase uh, of some things, uh, uh, a free trial of Paramount Plus uh, fell into my grubby little paws and I thought, well, now's the time. So let's watch this. And I did. And I, again, it's a little more of the same, a little more expansion flashback in the front of the movie for day one when they arrive and nobody knows anything. And I did like the camera angles. I feel that Krasinski as a director uh, got a little more confident and did mm -hmm. like a little bit of things uh, with some longer shots and a little bit of that De Palma-esque shot where the background and the, the characters in the background and the foreground are both in focus simultaneously. I can dig that. Uh, you add Killian Murphy, uh, which is always, He's always fun to see. And, but again, you already know how the aliens are going to get got and they know what they got to do. And, and, and the, the older son, he's still fucking useless like the boy in Jurassic Park. So I'm actively rooting against him in this film. Yeah, at the end, he kind of grows a pair, uh, but eh, you spend most of the movie just whining. <laughs> and I, I, I get it if you're traumatized, but nah, nah, nah. I, I usually don't like kids in horror movies, so I was hoping that the alien got uh, So what did you think when you watch it? Um... Killian Murphy was definitely the reason I ended up watching this because even for this podcast I wasn't going to I was like I'll just <laughs> read the synopsis I don't give a shit <laughs> like I'm not paid for this I'm not doing it um 
if I, if I can interrupt just for a second, a uh, beautiful lady was the same way. She's like, if you're going to watch this for podcast, you know, fine, go ahead. I don't give a shit. And then I said, but Thomas Shelby's in it. And, she, and her head perked up like, ooh, well, okay then, because she has, has coveted Killian Murphy uh, for a very long time. And I don't blame her. <laughs> I've been in love with him since 2005. Mm-hmm. So uh, I saw he played Scarecrow and Batman Begins, and then he was in that great uh, indie film Breakfast on Pluto, and I uh, I loved him so much, and I still do. And I've not seen that one. Uh, I I uh, first saw him in Twenty Eight Days Later, uh, with you know, and his penis, and um, I did I recommend I believe it's on Peacock. Uh, watching the detectives, which is a typical romantic comedy with uh, mm-hmm. Oren Ishii, and uh, and I know that's that that's where Beautiful Lady uh, really dug. Uh, that's a good movie. Significantly, uh, not only because of Killian Murphy's handsomeness, but it's named after an Elvis Costello song, which Beautiful Lady also enjoys. Yeah, so, I I ended up watching Twenty Eight Days Later because I loved Killian Murphy so much, because especially in the early to mid 2000s, I did a thing where every time I got unhealthily obsessed with an actor, I would buy every single movie he or she was in. And that's what I did with Killian Murphy. That don't sound unhealthy to me. It was like, it was definitely obsessive. And a lot of the movies that I own, I'm like, God, I'm never going to watch this again. This is just a shitty movie I bought because this person was in it. But it is, you know, it's funny to think about. But um, that's how I ended up watching 28 Days Later because I can't believe I didn't watch it before. But I watched it a couple of years after it came out. And, um, but yeah, so this movie, it was I thought the beginning of it was actually done really well. I will say when I watched it and when Emmett asked for, you know, the sign for dive, I was like, oh, this is going to be used again in a pivotal point. (laughs) It was like, talk about spoon feeding, but it's fine. (laughs) I just foreshadowing everybody. I was like, all right. And so, um, but I mean, the terror, I, I thought John Krasinski did capture that well. I 100% agree with you that he was probably more confident of a director in this one and really felt that this was his universe and his story. So good for him. Um, it was fine. Uh, I, I was wondering, I was like, there has to be an island or something. And then learning like their weakness is water. My God, of course. Um when they found the island uh and everything i was excited about oh are we going to meet new people and then new people just started dying (laughs) so no It, it is a weird there is a very weird plot armor around these characters i know the son that died in the beginning of the first one obviously there was no plot armor with him but you really at least for me i watched both of these movies just knowing they were not going to kill off anybody else in this family maybe the dad and they did. Um, I was like, I could see the dad being like a sacrifice. And he was. Um, but they are not going to kill another kid. And they're not going to kill uh, Emily Blunt's character. So it did lower the stakes for me. I was like, these supporting characters are going to die, not the family. Um, I, it ended so abruptly. I wonder if they're going to do a third one. But at the same time, I don't think there needs to be a third one. 
I've seen some headlines. I've not clicked on any of the articles that there is a third one in the works. Uh, I agree when they got to the pier and one of the aliens falls in the water and doesn't come back up. I, I, I said aloud upon my couch, oh, well, that answers the question as to whether or not these fuckers can swim. So there you go. That's how you um, test so children in swimming lessons, if they can swim or not. You just throw them in and then see what happens that's that that's also how they used to try to determine who's a witch and who isn't which is also dumb because if if a woman and i'm talking to directly to the accusers of salem back in the 1600s they're definitely they're big on they're big on podcasts (laughs) if an accuser actually were a witch wouldn't they have stopped you from doing any harm to them before you even started. So doesn't that prove that, you know, the whole theory was flawed to begin with? Like, you're a witch. No, I'm not. Well, I'm going to throw you in this lake. Boom. Now you're a fucking possum. They used dogs as being witches. Like, there, it was was interesting. Yeah, in this one, I like the tension as well. Uh, certainly uh, somewhat predictable, but yeah, it, it's Killian Murphy. It's, it's, he's one of those people that I'll, I'll watch in, in many, many things. Uh, he's not, not afraid to hang dong. That helps. Uh, just a talented dude, like right from the beginning at, at that Little League game, learning the sign for dive. I'm like, listen to him, sound at all American and shit. I love when he has an American accent. It's the funniest thing. (laughs) It's not bad. It's just when, yeah, I don't know. It's just funny to hear. It is. It certainly is. And there we are. So this is going to be a short episode because clearly we've we've summed up our opinions about it pretty thoroughly. Um, Watch them if you want, if you get a free subscription to Paramount+. Plus. Uh, stay indoors you're keeping people safe and yourself safe even when you're boosted like like I am like Chelsea is Uh, sure then then you can watch some some better uh, horror movies with Killian Murphy or or, or other folks Um, don't watch The Wolfman with Emily Blunt and Benicio Del Toro because that that wasn't good if there is a Quiet Place Part 3, well, do you think you'll watch it mostly out of, like, curiosity? Just wanting to see where it goes? Oh, definitely. Uh, definitely. Yeah. In the theater? No. no. But if, when it's on some streaming platform? Yeah. Yeah. Like, I've watched the other two, and they haven't turned me against watching them. I didn't walk out of I didn't walk up from my couch going, that sucked. I wish I had that time back. It was, yeah. that was okay. I felt some tension. I enjoyed that. But much like we were when we were discussing in Scream 4, although Scream 4 did it better, I do agree. If you've got your characters that I, I, I've not heard the phrase plot armor before, but it's accurate in this case, mm-hmm. that they aren't in jeopardy. Like they're, we see scenes where they're in jeopardy, but they don't get taken out. That that can be a bit of a turnoff. But yeah, I'll I'll watch it. Why, why not? If all I got to do is boop, that's okay. If I got to find parking and 
and, and it's uh, a whole affair yeah that, that that's a different story that doesn't fall into the risk benefit analysis in the time of rona you know if i'm on my couch and just get to boot, i've watched a lot of things just for that case of what is this movie let's find out and then sometimes i went nah i chose poorly i think this was this wasn't one of those <laughs> I, I will say the same. I know that I started the episode with, I hate these movies. And that was a strong statement. I definitely do not hate them. I just don't like what they bring about. And I just, it's stories that I think can be told in better ways. Um, if it wasn't always like a straight white man doing it. Um, with the pregnancy and just all of that. I'm not going to get into it again, but that's my opinion on them. I do think they were well made, like technically, you know, the production value of them and his directing did consistently get stronger and the acting was there. So they were definitely not a waste of my time. Um, But like you said, Rick, they were sold as groundbreaking movies because of it being silent um which has been done quite a bit before again it's not incredibly groundbreaking I think it's great to actually hire an actress or um actor who's hearing impaired to play a hearing impaired character because that's not always the case in in Hollywood um so I have to give props for that but I think if there is a third one, they really need to branch out of this family. We got it. They're going to live. Um, who who else is surviving this world? Um, which I was hoping part two was really going to get into. And it teased it with- It, it scratched uh, the surface. It scratched the surface with like the feral characters, which, you know, is like, of course, we're going to have those cliche- uh, type of you know bad people um and then with the island you know people who are just trying to survive you know I'm actually going to throw it back to 28 days later for a second because one thing that I loved that 28 days later did is when they get to the military base and they think they're safe and then they slowly realize these men are insane um and uh deranged uh for the most part um, and are worried about procreation and things like that. Um, so I love little turns like that instead of automatically showing characters who are wild and going to rob you and try to kill you. Um, so fun twists like that is always, it's always something that I would appreciate in movies. Um, but yeah, I would hope with A Quiet Place Part 3, it would be something a little a little different um also these freaking monsters like what are they doing why are they here what's going on <laughs> just <laughs> it's one of those things I, where they're not they're never going to answer it i'm sure but part of me is just like what well what is it they're trying to do you know wipe out the population i guess i agree it's scarier when you don't know um it to, is, to, go, it is, yeah. to go back on a lot of things you said uh and, and it reminded me of one thing uh when reagan is looking for the amplifier that she's going to uh uh feedback her hearing aid through there was also a guitar there i'm like can we kill the aliens by rock and roll 
anyway um but yeah Millicent Simmons if if this is the movie that keeps her career going just keep cranking out sequels because she's very talented regardless so yeah let's just keep that going uh, I'm all for that uh in the long run um regarding the feral stuff oh yeah and more than that the the twists that you like in film uh, 28 days later i watched the movie on shutter today uh for the sake of the vicious that lives up to its name uh in the sense that you know you've got uh, a nurse comes home on halloween and finds a guy who recognizes her from the hospital in her house and he has another guy that he's beaten the shit out of and the reason for this is the first guy wants the nurse to keep the second guy alive because he believes the second guy assaulted his daughter so but why i'm recommending it to you and it's ultra violent but i don't feel it's triggering because it's not your typical home invasion movie it's not your typical revenge movie there's depth there's layers there's great performances and the fights are fucking brutal this is not well choreographed uh shaw brothers types of fights this looks like uh you're out on jamaica avenue on a saturday night and somebody's just throwing down well the catholics like it no, the Catholics will not like it. Is it, is it pro-life? <laughs> that, that, no, no. <laughs> the Catholics will not like this movie, and that's why I, I love it. Speaking of the Catholics, uh, I don't know if you saw it earlier this week, uh, Pope Francis came out and said people that choose pets over having children are very selfish. Yeah, um, you know he loves a quiet place. <laughs> <laughs> and again, as a former... 12-year Catholic school students. I have strong opinions. And if these offend you, forgive me. (laughs) But first of all, if you're the head of a criminal organization that has been abusing children for centuries and continues to do so, you should keep your opinion about kids to yourself. And secondly, you're wanting more of them. (laughs) Especially if you shouldn't talk about people who choose not to have kids when you yourself have chosen not to have kids. That is a very good point. I didn't think about that second point, actually. And that is a very good point. I think it's it's funny because everyone, you know, there are quite a few people out there. And I'm, I'm friends with a lot of people uh, that have this viewpoint that want to have kids, but are not in the financial state where that kid would be set up for success, where mm-hmm. either of them would be set up for success. So there's a lot of rooted issues, poopy guy. Like this isn't. They may not be in the financial situation where that kid could have lunch. Yeah. Oh yeah. Exactly. So shush, you know, and watch watch a quiet place and just think about that. (laughs) But I will say, I think now when I think about movies, I'm going to say, would the Catholics like it? Is it pro life? Because this whole experience of finding all of these Catholic blogs, Rick, I'm going to have to send some of some of them to you, of people really thinking that 
a quiet place it really disrupted hollywood mm-hmm. anyway <laughs> I, i'm either gonna laugh my ass off or i'm gonna like throw whatever device i'm reading the article on so whereas you're looking at is it pro-life or do the catholics like it i look at it uh through the lens of dolomite is there funny is there titty and is there kung fu exactly and quiet and, and those, are the lenses, <laughs> those are the lenses that work for me i love it <laughs> well so does it work where can the people find you if they want to find you um, they can find me on Instagram and Twitter. Just look up Chelsea, Chelsea Bennington. And if you have a problem with my opinion on these movies, forgive her. If you're Catholic, that's kind of your thing. Exactly. You should forgive me, even though I'm not sorry. I stand by what I said. But if you do disagree, I would be curious to hear it. Um, unless your opinion is stupid. So think about that before you share you can find spooky doings on instagram spooky doings improv on facebook uh there'll be shows at some point uh i'm just not working on them right now till the numbers go down you can check out at rick guzman 718 on the tweety uh for some other horror funness and uh yeah always a wonderful conversation with chelsea because if you're not passionate about your opinion uh, if you're wishy-washy, I don't want to fucking talk to you. So, so, so strong and, and well thought out opinions. Thank you. Like I said, I didn't see your point of view until we had this conversation. And while I might not hundred percent agree, it's like, you've, you've got the evidence. You're not wrong. It can definitely be interpreted that way. And, and this is why we keep doing it along with, I love you, Chelsea. <laughs> I loved it too. And that's, hey, I mean, that'll make a film successful within itself if you can have these conversations about it. So again, I give a quiet place props there. Um, but yeah, I, I love having these conversations with you about movies. We got some more coming. We're working on some things uh, and, and we'll tell you about them. We'll surprise you with them. Uh, give you a little previews like we do before we drop an episode so so there's fun coming up in 2022 we may not be happy but we are going to be funny i love that <laughs> so in the meantime and in between time everybody stay good stay healthy and stay spooky bye